Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. This is Victory Lane with Reverend Lawrence Gray Sr., Associate Minister of Grace Bible Fellowship, Antioch, California, where Kirkland A. Smith is the senior pastor. Now, Victory Lane. Welcome to Victory Lane. Our subject today is going to be the continuation of the book of Acts, chapter 8, part 2. The book of Acts, chapter 8, part 2. Amen. We want to, uh, this fellow who was a sorcerer named Simon, and Simon has received the gift of God by being baptized, and he's now following Peter and John and the apostles. Simon, as you remember, is a sorcerer. He believes in witchcraft, and now he wants to uh, take his art. He has an alternative motive at a moment in time to take his art to another level because he sees the power of the apostles by the laying on hands and what they can do. And we're going to pick up our reading in uh, verse number, uh, let's go with verse number 17. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. As the apostles, Peter and John, they laid their hands on the baptized believers and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw that the spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, give me this power so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So Simon sees Peter laying on the hands of those believers, and Simon wants this power. Why do we want this power? He has an ulterior motive, probably evidently, because he does practice black magic. And if he could be endued with the power of the Holy Ghost, that would give him super above natural power. So he asked Peter to give him he, to give him this power, and in exchange, he says. I'll give you some money, he said, so that I can lay my hands on people and receive the Holy Spirit. And now, let's get this straight. You can't buy God. You cannot buy God. You cannot buy your way into heaven. You cannot buy God, all right? You cannot buy the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a free gift to all those who receive and ask Jesus Christ to come into their life. It is a gift, and you can't buy it. You can't buy God because God can't be bought. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills, the scripture says. But Simon says, uh, uh, give me this power. He said, uh, uh, I'll give you some money. Oh, if your money could get you into heaven, how many people would be in heaven? And what a corrupt heaven we probably would have. But thank God your money cannot buy your way into the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, when he made this offer to give Peter some money, here's what Peter said in Acts the 8th chapter, verse 20. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You thought you could buy your way into heaven. You thought you could buy the power of the Holy Ghost, but may your money perish with you. Many people are caught up in their riches and all the stuff they got, but you know what's going to happen? That money and all that stuff you got is going to go away. No, it's not going to go away. It's going to be here, and you're going to be gone. So make sure that you have a oneness with God by the power of the Holy Spirit that you know Jesus Christ as, a, as your Lord and Savior in your life because money can't buy your way into heaven. All the money you got, all the riches you got is not going to buy your way into heaven. Paul said we brought nothing in this world and surely we'll, we, we will take nothing out. You've never seen a Loomis truck or any other bank truck drive up to the cemetery and dump the money in the grave with the person who's dead. You can't take it with you. And you can't buy your way into heaven. So, Peter said, may, may your silver perish with you because you could thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. Now, check out what Peter says even more. In verse 21, you have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Just do the right thing. So Peter told him he had no part of this ministry because you, this is what Peter said, you have neither part nor a lot in this matter because your heart is not right before God. And then he says to him, check out, verse 22, repent therefore of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord if possible. The intent of your heart may be forgiven. You got a bad heart. You're doing the wrong thing. Repent. Repent means a change of mind, a change of lifestyle, a change of behavior, a change within yourself. Repent. Repent. He says, and then God, when you repent, God will forgive you because he knows the intent of your heart. When you repent, you will be forgiven. Now, verse 23, he continues, for I see that you are in gall of bitterness and in bond of iniquity. In other words, you got a lot of uh, uh, bitterness in you. You got a lot of uh, wickedness in you. I can see that. And you caught up in the iniquity of your, uh, 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 of your being. You know, it's in your heart. God knows your heart. He knows if you're good. He knows if you're bad. He knows the intents of your heart. And Peter is telling him, repent and change this wickedness that you have within yourself. Some of us, some of y'all need to repent and change the wickedness of the lifestyle that you're living. Now, you can continue if you want, but God is not pleased with that. God is not pleased with a lifestyle that is not like unto him, meaning holy and righteous, okay? So, and Simon answered, this is Simon, after Peter said, you're full of iniquity, you're full of bitterness, you're full of wrath, 
and you got evil in your heart, and God knows. And I'm asking you now, Peter is, telling Simon to repent. And after Simon heard these words, here's what Simon said. Verse 24, and Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. So evidently, Simon is serious about this. He is serious because he sees the power of God by the laying on of hands and people being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And he's also serious when he hears Peter tells him that he's full of wickedness and bitterness and iniquity is in his heart. And Simon wants to repeat and he tells Peter, please pray for me so that none of this stuff you said happens to me. So evidently, Simon has a repentant heart. And evidently, the Bible doesn't say it, but Peter prayed for him, and they went about their lives. He went about his life, repented unto God. Now, number 25. Now, when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, these are the apostles, Peter and, and, and John, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Peter and John returned to the village, still preaching the gospel to many villages in Samaritan. They have to spread the gospel. That's what they had been commissioned to do by Jesus Christ. Go ye therefore into all the world, teach all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the ends of the world. He told them, go to Judea, Jerusalem, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And this is what they're doing, spreading the gospel. Now, we're going to continue with this chapter 8. And we're going to another section or another subject. As I told you before, there are books of the Bible. And in the books of the Bible, there are chapters in the Bible. In the chapters of the Bible, there are verses in the Bible. In the verses of the Bible, within those verses, there are subject matters in the chapter. Meaning verse 1 through 3 can have a thought. 4 through 8 can have another thought, etc., etc. Now... When Acts the 8th chapter, verse 28. The subject matter is about to change. We have another apostle whose name is Philip. He is one of Christ's disciples. He is a witness also of all the things of Jesus Christ from the resurrection from the dead. Let's pick up our reading in verse number 26. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. An angel of the Lord tells Peter to rise and go down from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's about three and a half miles. When the Lord speaks to you and tells you something by way of the Holy Spirit within you, we need to be, should be, 
always be obedient to the voice of God and adhere to what he asks us or tells us to do. So the Spirit of God, the angel of the Lord, spoke to Philip and said, Go down from the way of Jerusalem to Gaza. It is a desert place. There's nothing there. Come on, God, you want to send me to somewhere where there's nothing there? You want to send me to a place of emptiness? Guess what? God knows where he's sending you. You you don't know, but he knows. And it's not for us to question what God wants to do with us when he do what he do with us. It's not for us to question the voice of God when he calls upon us to do his will. So, Philip gets ready to go to this desert place. Don't make sense. Guess what? A lot of things God do don't make sense. For he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For as high as the heavens are from earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. We never know sometimes what God thinks, but we must be obedient to what he requests in his will. Now, Acts 8 chapter, we're going to verse 27. Look at, look, look, look at what Philip did. The, the Bible says, and he rose and went. When he heard the voice of God by the angel, he rose and went. God don't send angels per se to speak to us. Sometimes we do entertain angels unawares. But mostly, God will speak to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. But he's not limited to place an angel in your life to tell you something that you should do or that you should go or, or, or whatever the case may be. God is not limited in doing that. The Bible says be careful how you entertain strangers. For some of us have entertained angels unawares. In other words, an angel has spoken to you sometime and you didn't know it was an angel. Huh? How many times has that happened to you in your life? I'm sure it, it has happened. It happened to me. Yes, it happened to me. I, I, I'm a living witness. I was about to go crazy, strung out from the from the flow up, toe up from the flow up. And I was walking down the street one day, and I turn around, and there's a man standing there. And he says to me, listen to the music. And I said, what? He said, listen to the music. See, I was on my way to have a heart attack or a stroke. I was on my way to do something bad was going to happen to my health. I was torn from the floor. And he says, in the music is calmness. It soothes the savage beast. And he says, listen to the music. Sometimes you, you be thinking too much. You be caught up in your thoughts and you think too much about this, about that, and worried about this and about this and about that. Turn on some music and soothe the savage beast. I turned around. I walked away and because this guy had a, had a headphone on with a Walkman at the time. I turned around and looked, and he was gone. And it occurred to me, not then and there, but it occurred to me that that person was an angel of God reaching out to me 
to calm my spirit. God will use angels to lead you, guide you, and direct you along the way. Also, the power of the Holy Ghost. The old folks had a song all night, all day. The angels watching over me, my Lord, all night, all day. The angels watching over me. Remember when you was driving down the highway and you wanted to change lanes, something stopped you and a car flew past. Remember when you got to the red light and it changed green and you was getting ready to go through, but something stopped you. Angels watching over me. Remember when you was down and out, couldn't see your way through. Angels watching over me. <laughs> Angels watching over me. Holy Ghost leading me, directing me, teaching me, keeping me, protecting me. Angels, my Lord, watching over me. Well, I ain't supposed to be teaching. I ain't supposed to be preaching. Huh? <laughs> but sometimes I can't help myself. Sometimes the Spirit of the Lord gets the moving in me. Sometimes I got to tell somebody about the love of Jesus. Sometimes it's moving me, and I can't help myself. <laughs> I'll preach next week. Now, so he rose up and went. Philip rose up and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, he come to Jerusalem to worship. So Philip is on his way to Gaza. He runs into this eunuch. That's a little person who, who, who has no manhood. They took away his manhood. And the reason he did that, because he's going to watch over the queen's stuff so he don't get aroused uh, uh, sexually along the way in life. But his, his, his whole mission is to take care of the queen's treasure and so he is he 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 was on his way to gaza and so he ran into the unit and he come to jerusalem to worship that is the unit in other words he's a believer in god and he's coming to jerusalem to worship now verse 28 and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. This is the eunuch sitting in his chariot, and he's reading the Old Testament of the prophet Isaiah. Okay? Let's see what it says. Now, and the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Verse number 30. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, in Acts. Peter is asking him, do you understand what you are reading? Check this out. Check this out real good. Sometimes people will read the word of God and not really have a clear understanding. This book, this Bible is not a novel. It's not a storybook. 
And sometimes the deepness of God and the spirit of God in the Bible sometimes can't be comprehended by mere just reading. Sometimes you need explanation with your reading to get an understanding. I'm talking about to a layman or a novice. I'm not talking about someone who studies up all the time. And even though I'm studied up and we get studied up, we too need someone to preach and teach to us the same way. So, Philip says to him, do you understand what you are reading? And the eunuch replies in verse 31, and he said, how can I unless someone guides me? How can I understand what I'm reading unless someone guides me? This is the same with us, some of us believers. How can you understand what you're reading unless someone guides you by the power of the Holy Ghost? And he invited Philip, look, this is what he did. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. It's in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, verses 1 through 12. Okay? This is the part he got to. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. That's, this is what the eunuch was reading. And then he says to Philip in verse 34, and the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Peter, then Philip, opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. What did he tell him? Let me tell you. They're talking about Jesus. Let, 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 let me go there for you. Let me go there for you. I prepared this for you. He said, they're talking about Jesus. He said, what do you mean? I'm going to start at, see, this is why you can't rely, this is why you can't rely on a uh, 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 technical device sometimes. They go out. The battery runs down. It unplugs. It stops. But guess what? This don't change. Nothing beat the book. Anyway, I'm back. Isaiah 53. Check out. Who has believed our report? Begin at the first verse. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 2. This is all... This, this prophecy is all about Jesus, okay? When I say he, just think Jesus. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, Jesus, and as a root out of the dry ground, Jesus. He has no form of comeliness, meaning he's not all that, Jesus. And when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He could have came as the most handsomest man in the world, but he came as is, talking about Jesus. He is despised and rejected of men, Jesus, 
a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, Jesus. He was despised and we did not esteem him, Jesus. Surely he borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. When did he do this? On the cross at Calvary, Jesus. Yes, we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, inflicted when they put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, pierced him in the side, and the blood came streaming him down, afflicted by God, smitten by God. But, hey, check this out. But he was wounded for our transgression, Jesus. He was bruised for our iniquities, Jesus. The chastisement of his peace was upon him, Jesus. And by his stripes we are healed, Jesus from the penalty of sin and death. Jesus. Number seven, this is what the eunuch was reading. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to slaughter, as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. When they crucified him on the cross and he never said a mumbling word, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? Will you declare it? I will. For he was cut off from the land of the living when he died on the cross. From the transgressions of my people, he was stricken when he died on the cross. And they made his grave with the wicked when they buried him in a borrowed tomb. But with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, they did this to Jesus. Nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet, verse number 10, Isaiah 53, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. All those who believe, he shall see his seed. And they shall prosper in the land. What land? Heaven. When the roll is called. I want to come with you with a word from God next week. So I want you to tune in. Same time, same place, and be blessed. Amen? With Victory Lane. I'm your host, Reverend Lawrence Gray Sr. We look forward to seeing you again. Join us next week as Reverend Gray continues his teaching on the Book of Acts. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.